Welcome to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I'm Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver, hard at work back here telling you what to do. I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, clinical psychologist, executive coach, and voiceover artist, your navigator. I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapist, helping everyone bounce back and get back to work, your mechanic. And I'm Janice Azevedo, and I'm stuck in the carpooling. Welcome to the show, dear drivers. Let's hit the road. Today's quote is by Nelson Mandela. The greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Previously on the Relationship Road Trip, we had Chris McDonald on to walk us through some holistic practices for personal resilience. Have you tried starting a practice of meditation or yoga yet? I highly recommend it. Have you Although, been? <laughs> no, I was about to roast myself and you roasted me for me. Thanks. As you know, I remain inflexible as a rock. Today, we will discuss resilience at work. Longtime listeners may recognize today's guest as the one and only Janice Azevedo. Janice has worked in the public school system for 25 years. Public school teachers have always needed a great deal of resilience, but especially as the pandemic turned education upside down, our teachers had to take things to the next level. Janice is a member of the professional development team, which focuses on helping teachers build resilience in their workplace. So Janice, what got you interested in resilience at work? Well, thank you for inviting me. You stole all of my tell about myself. <laughs> that can't I, that can't be true. There's so much more to tell. Tell us about I am yourself. A, thank you for that lead-in. I am a preschool special ed teacher for the public school system. And specifically, I am an itinerant teacher and I travel to the students' natural environments, such as homes and preschools and daycares. Not like lakes and ponds and reservoirs. No. I also work with directors, classroom teachers, and parents, and I work with many teams throughout my day. I provide coaching through modeling and providing strategies, as well as direct services with students. Very cool. It's a lot of work. I'm tired yes. just listening to your work. Sure. And just think about how much work it was to keep a three-year-old's attention online. <laughs> yeah. I have the three-year-old's attention, so I get it. <laughs> I had to add part drama teacher to my resume. I did listen to you read the Red Jacket in the Woods story. I don't actually know the story, but you were very excited talking about a red jacket in the woods. It was very red. I was listening to you talk to one of your students once. Okay. <laughs> there were there were many stories, Kim. I really I don't remember that one. That was just my favorite because you were very hype about the red. I think you were trying to get the kid to do colors with you. Ah, I think you were probably talking about the snowy day. Yes, with the red jacket. Gotcha. A classic. We're not in that season right now. We are reading pumpkin stories. Pumpkin but stories. Not, we're not even not in talking the winter snowy days either. But anyway, I, pumpkin stories. All right. That's what she... Okay. Regardless, getting us back on track. Resilience at work. Why, why resilience at work? What got you interested in that? 
Okay. So <laughs> I got started in resilience back in 2019 as a teacher. We all have to do professional development plans. And one of my colleagues came across a book called The Art of Coaching by Elena Aguilar. And I was in a group of six teachers who provide coaching in some classrooms in our county. We read the book together and we met regularly and incorporated strategies to use in the classrooms where we're serving. When I went to order the book, I noticed that there was another book that this author had written called Onward. It's a book on cultivating emotional resilience in educators. And I initially thought of getting the books because there was a workbook and I was thinking, wow, Kim, you might like these ideas in the workbook for your practice because of your art and your background in working in different ways to learn about ourselves in your practice. Anyway, so... (laughs) What what I ended up doing was I borrowed the books from my colleague. She already had them. And when I was flipping through the book, one of the pages caught my attention and it talked about changing your wiring in your brain. And one of the ways to do that was this exercise of holding a pencil in your mouth and it kind of forces your muscles in your mouth to smile. Great demonstration. For a radio show, it's a great demonstration. (laughs) I just had a pencil in my hand. In uh, listeners, please please well, retrieve yeah. your pencils from the, the props that we have sent out. While we're driving, this is very safe pre- habit. Preferably unleaded. You know? So graphic. so what I did and part of the, the second part of the exercise was to draw a picture of yourself with the pencil in your mouth. And so I drew a smiley face with a line across for the pencil and I stuck it in her book. And when I returned the book to her, that was sort of like this small, I don't know, connection that we made. And we started talking about the book and that kind of led to gathering our colleagues together to say, hey, what can we do with this book? This was all before COVID and being remote in our instructions and so forth. That's how we got started on using this book to build resilience on our team. And is that that group of people is the professional development team? We were initially a group of six and we've dwindled in size. We are currently now just four. But yes, it's we wrote our professional development goals to incorporate the use of the book and to help facilitate resilience with our team. Cool. Do you think the book would be helpful for careers outside of education as well? I mean, you mentioned that Kim would probably find it useful for her practice. Yes, especially since a lot of companies are discovering that they may not actually need a physical building for all of their employees, or perhaps there are more hybrid type jobs where half of the meetings are remote or virtual and the other half are in person. I think that companies in general are seeing teams are still teams, but they may not always be physically in the same spot. Mm. Yeah. What are some of the concepts that you found most helpful for your teams at work? In terms of what I found most helpful in the book, 
learning about building community and empathy and also taking care of myself and having a positive self-perception. Those were the two habits and dispositions that were mentioned in the book that I really resonated with. And they also happened to be in the chapters that I presented on to my colleagues. So perhaps that's why there's that connection. That makes sense. So how have those two actually helped you? What, What have you noticed that changed when you started practicing those ideas? As an itinerant teacher, I know a lot of people and I go a lot of places and I belong nowhere. And this is true of all of my colleagues who travel all over the county to work with children and parents and directors and classroom teachers. We know a lot of people in the community, but we don't always fit as a team member. So that becomes even more important for us as a team to be able to support each other in our workday. And as a team, being part of that community has been where I've focused, I think, most of the energy is is in building the community. And so one of the ways that we've been doing that is the first year that we worked on the book, we delivered a one-hour presentation to our colleagues about the different parts of the book. And we did that four times during the school year. This year, We are delivering, we call them resilience boosters. (laughs) So after every itinerant meeting that we have, one of us is presenting a five minutes or less, just little reminder, booster, tidbit to keep us all on track of all of the habits and the dispositions of resilient teachers. What are those habits and dispositions? I'm so glad you asked. The book is set up to parallel the rhythms of the school year. And so the first three chapters, it talks about the habit of knowing yourself. A disposition when you know yourself is that you know your purpose. One of the habits of understanding your emotions is that you have acceptance. When you tell empowering stories, you become more optimistic. So those are the first three habits and dispositions that are outlined in the first three chapters. And then it builds to building your community and having empathy, the habit of being here and now being present and having the disposition of being able to laugh and have humor. Um, We're really bad at that one on this show. The humor? Well, the humor is bad. The jokes are bad. (laughs) We're obviously horrible at having fun. We are going to continue on to take care of ourselves as a good habit. And by having a good self-care practice, you have a positive self-perception and self-esteem. Another habit is focusing on the bright spots, that it's easier to look at the negative. But when you look at the bright spots, you may have the disposition of empowerment. There's a habit of cultivating compassion, which can often give you perspective. The habit of being a learner which promotes your curiosity and playing and creating. That's probably another good one for all of us to remember as a habit because it gives us courage. And in any large organization, the habit of being able to ride the waves of change gives you the disposition of perseverance. The last habit is to celebrate and appreciate, which gives the disposition of building trust within your community and within your group. Hmm, I like that. Listener, you might want to Uh rewind and listen to those again, because those are really powerful ideas. 
write it down, take some notes <laughs> or go check out the book. We should, we'll link the book in the show notes. Can I ask a question that's a little off script, Mama? Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to be resilient <laughs> with this one. Have you seen... I will take a deep breath. You don't have to <laughs> answer it. Have you seen these presentations, these boosters making a difference in your teams? Have you seen the effects of people taking this information to heart and really trying to apply it to their day-to-day -day work? Yes and no. I think because I don't get to see my colleagues often, I can only apply what I've learned to myself. But I do find myself taking better care of myself, taking moments throughout my day just to take a deep breath and reset. And I think that's probably true of my colleagues. I, I don't know for sure. But also, I do know that in the workplace, we're doing a lot of things that are building our community. One of the examples currently is we have pumpkin buckets on our desks. Now, we're also located in several other remote offices, but everybody has a pumpkin bucket and the idea is that we are filling our buckets of our colleagues with just positive affirmations or appreciations and a little bit of candy mm, and there we chocolate go. Like, the and candy? some goodies and gluten-free things as well because we know our colleagues and try to think about all of the differences we have as well say, as our similarities. It's the school system. So no nuts, gluten-free. <laughs> what are the the other requirements in a school system of all the things you have to check off when you bring something yeah. in? It has to be store-bought. Yes, there you go. that's true. Individually wrapped. Um, Another example of how we've been building our team is we have a teammate who's on medical leave. And so we've set up like a meal train. And the date for some my group for preparing the meal is two months away because everybody signed up for it. That's great. Um, yeah. So and another example would be my resilience team that I work with. We came up with the idea of giving each of our colleagues a mini composition notebook and a mini scented colorful pen. And the idea is that they have this handy, whether it's in their car or their tote bag or backpack, whatever they carry, wherever they go, so that they can write down little odds and ends of things that happen to speak to them during the day, whether it's a phrase from a song or maybe they read something or someone said something to them that they may want to reflect on later or Maybe they're writing down a gratitude for the beautiful sunrise or sunset or the rain that's come or, you know, whatever it is that it, it's easily accessible so that they can capture something that speaks to them. So we've done that as well. Those are just a few examples that we've been doing to kind of keep each other afloat during these times because it's, it's hard being out there. We're a team, but we're not together. Hmm. We, we are in spirit, though, for sure. <laughs> I was just thinking a little bit about even without all of the remote work stuff that's happening now as itinerant teachers, you're already, you are a team, you are together, but you're already traveling. You're not all in one school, for instance. You have taught before in classrooms. So I, I kind of remember yes. that. And it's a different sort of community when you're in a classroom within a school and everybody's in that place together. So some of these things are, like you said, you were starting all of this even before remote working became the norm. And I think that's really interesting because you have this not disparate team, 
what's the word dispersed. I want? Dispersed. Disparate work. Dispersed. You have a dispersed team, and that is unique to your job, your particular job. Was there a question that goes along with nope. that? Nope. It was just an observation. So usually at this point Sometimes in the, in the good... recording, Ben begins musing about all the things that he's heard. It's very interesting. I like to synthesize the information for the listener mm-hmm. to help them understand what's going on. It's a very good, usually right about this spot, that's what happens. Well, I'm not sorry about it. I didn't say you should I don't be. think that was a critique. <laughs> it was just a comment. It was a... <laughs> Well, I'm offended. That I didn't answer the question. No, you answered the question perfectly. I, As Papa okay. said, I am musing and thinking about ways this applies to other types of jobs. What are the similarities? What are the differences? You know, if you're in a workplace that perhaps was a more traditional office-based thing and you've now gone fully remote, I think that a lot of what you're bringing to the episode is extremely applicable. Ways to build and share community and have points of discussion outside of directly work topics that also aren't necessarily deeply personal. Like you may not want to have, we've talked before about workplace relationships. You may not want to be sharing all of your deep personal stuff with someone, but having these kinds of things to reflect on and talk about and to have a sense of that everybody is in this together, that you may not get to see them regularly, but you're sharing things like this book and these discussions is important. And I think that's a valuable takeaway for any of our listeners. I would like to also add that my senior administrators have been fully supportive of my, it's not my team, of the resilience team. Oh, it's your team Um, now. You claimed it. (laughs) Well, you know, it should be my team since they were all invited. (laughs) There we go. You might have to take that part out. Oh, no. It's your team. (laughs) Several of them are, are having birthdays and traveling and just couldn't make it. I will say that my senior administrators are most supportive of us giving us time to share what we learn with our colleagues. And for them, they've done a couple of things quite naturally. Every time we have an itinerant meeting, whether it's in person or whether it's remote, they always give us time in the beginning of the meeting to share celebrations. And the celebrations sometimes are about our work with students, but sometimes they are personal celebrations that you know we're sharing, which again, creates that connectedness. It gives us time to get to know each other. And again, as I mentioned before, we're doing these resilience boosters at the ends of our meetings. So it's sort of like a, a nice, we start with, with some appreciations and celebrations, and then we end our meeting with something nice to go off with without having to leave a meeting feeling, ugh, I've got all this new stuff to do or more stuff you know, listed on our to-do list. So those things have been really nice to help build our community. And one other thing I wanted to add was throughout this past year, we've used the analogy of when you're flying on a plane, the steward person says, you know, if something happens and the masks drop down, put the mask on yourself first and then help others. And that analogy has been so true to self-care for teachers and for actually everybody during this pandemic, self-care is vital. And without it, you cannot be the best teacher or parent or colleague or worker that you can be without having taken care of yourself first. Cool. I think that has definitely been a recurring theme of this arc on resilience. And we structured it that way. It all starts with you 
And then it applies and is intertwined with your community, your family, your workplace, all of it goes together to build a resilient human. Janice, is there anything else you would like to talk about or add to the conversation? Thank you for having me. Number one, I suspect this story arc of resilience is something that should be revisited frequently because as time moves on, we're all changing and we may need to change some of our practices, whether it's at work or at home. Are you saying that you'd like to come back on the show? Yes, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just uh, signed yourself right up for another episode down the line. Okay. Wow. Maybe in season three. Thanks for that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. If you didn't learn something from Janice, then there's probably no helping you. I know I'm biased, but there is no better teacher out there. And resilience isn't just for teachers. You can take any of these concepts and ideas and apply them to your own workplace. If you've got a personal story of workplace resilience, we would love to hear about it. Come chat with us at facebook.com slash the relationship road trip or, you know, our email address or anywhere else. And if you're enjoying the show, please give us some stars on iTunes. Even better, you could write a review. And best of all, if you really love us, you can share the show with a friend. As always, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, enjoy the drive. Thank you for listening to The Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we want to know what you think. So write to us at questions at afpsych.com. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or subscribing with your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Relationship Road Trip comes out every Wednesday at 7 a.m., so don't forget to tune in next week. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology, where they are dedicated to helping you create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at azevedofamilypsychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. Bear Cave Audio provides a range of audio services, from original composition to podcast recording and editing. To learn more, go to bearcaveaudio.com or email ben at bearcaveaudio.com. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. And may the sun shine warm upon your face. Thank you.